Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. Another interesting uh, week in the world of wrestling. Uh, Jason, always good to be talking to you. But uh, before we start up this week, I just wanted to uh, mention quickly that today, January 21st, a year ago was the first case of COVID-19 was defect, uh, detected in the U.S. And at this point, we've had over 400,000 Americans have died. And uh, we're starting off with a new president. Hopefully, President Biden will have a new approach to this. People have different takes on, you know, how he'll do. Me and you both will give this man a chance to, you know, hopefully do a better job than President uh, Trump did. And we're going to Hopefully the next four years will be a lot brighter and more science-based to say the least. But uh, Jay, how are you today? I'm good. Um, the, the best thing, uh, my buddy sent me a clip of Fauci saying, yeah, I think with this administration, if they don't know, they're going to say they don't know. <laughs> they're not going to just make it up, right? So uh, hopefully better times ahead. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the vaccine's getting out there and, and you know, hopefully things are getting better. Uh, I still remember the, the beginning of it, like in Seattle, right? And they were talking to this, the doctors in Washington and they're like, oh, I don't, you know, we don't know, but you know, whatever. And they, I mean, they just had no idea. And um, it's just been an absolute nightmare for so many people. You know, for us, it's just, oh, we want to watch shows or go to the bar or whatever, you know, at this point, you know, but um, for so many families who are devastated uh, economically and, 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 you know, people passing away, 400,000 people. So it's just, just been horrible. And, you know, hopefully we're, we're turning the corner. Let, let, let's hope we're turning the corner and we will see what happens. Also real quick, RIP to Ted Thompson, the old uh, Packers general manager. He was a great general manager, uh, knew very little about his personality, but he seemed like a, a decent guy. And uh, yeah, RIP to him. He's built what hopes to be a Super Bowl winning team. We'll see. In, we'll see in a couple of weeks. And uh, you know, if we have time, maybe at the end, we'll uh, get an unknown prediction from Jason who he thinks going to win. Who's going to win the games? Hmm. I wonder where that's going to go. <laughs> uh, but before we forget, as always, uh, we are part of the Wrestling Life uh, Facebook group, and people can always join. Let us know their thoughts. Um, and if you want to know what we're thinking during the week, uh, you can always listen to them at, uh, or I'm sorry, not listen, but actually hear them via Twitter at WorkshootPod and on Instagram. Usually get a clip from uh, the show every week, some more interesting than others, depending on what type of mood uh, Jackie Andy is in. Wanted to see uh, how much of a fool I've been, but uh, we'll see what she decides to pick, you know, after this week. But uh, Jay, let's start off with one of the biggest stories of the week. Uh, we've been going back and forth this year of, you know, would there be fans? Would there be? We all knew there'd be a WrestleMania after last year. They figure out a way to do it, you know, hook or by crook. But we found out earlier this week via a, uh, like I think it was like a four minute infomercial during, I believe it was one of the football games. WrestleMania 37 will be in Raymond James Stadium, 38 will be a Cowboys uh, location, and then 39 will be finally in Los Angeles. But the, the big part about WrestleMania 37, once again, like last year, and like Wrestle Kingdom the second year, will be two nights. But the uh, last part of that story that we'll get into in a second is 25,000 people will be allowed for each night. Uh, Jay, start off right away. 
would you go to WrestleMania if uh, given the opportunity? Absolutely not. Not unless I had the vaccine. Um, yeah. And if I had the vaccine, I would, I would, I'm not a big bone of WrestleMania person. And we've talked about that a lot over the years. Sure. I always think the best um, show is Royal Rumble and usually SummerSlam's up there. WrestleMania oftentimes is not. Um, and I don't have this, oh my God, I've got to go to WrestleMania or, oh my God, I've got to go to the Super Bowl. Like I don't really have those sorts of things necessarily, but um, it, you know, people have been going to, to events in sporting stadiums, obviously for the last whatever uh tampa tampa's had fans like all year um but a lot of and a lot of these other places have and dallas had fans pretty much the whole year um kansas city had fans for the game the other day it seemed like there was thirty thousand people there it seemed a little nuts but um yeah twenty-five thousand seems like a lot of people um with covid still you know happening and stuff like that so i i would not be comfortable but uh, if others are comfortable going and other, you know, some people have the vaccine, if they do it safely or whatever, a good buddy of mine went to a Tampa game this year and, you know, it wasn't exactly the most um, protocol place. It was kind of like, they take your temperature. They're like, you know, have you been in contact with anyone, that whole thing. And then it's like, okay, we're letting you in. So, you know, we'll see if, if they've changed that for 25,000 people for WrestleMania. Um, but um, yeah, I'm glad the show is happening and fans make me nervous, but you know, I mean, if, if anybody watched raw on Monday, they, they need fans to, to boo this shit out of this stuff and get Vince to stop doing this stuff. So, uh, I guess we'll kind of see what happens with the fans, but well, uh, uh, let me ask you this. The hopefully other- they can do it all safely. Let me ask you the other way around this. And uh, Jack Andy from the, you don't know, Jackie podcast chiming in on the wrestling life forum. Corey isn't going anywhere. It's true. I, I go from my house to work and back home. But let me put this from another direction. In a couple of weeks, we have the Super Bowl and there's a good chance that uh, Green Bay Packers are gonna be uh, playing in that game, hopefully. If uh, your buddy Jay uh, was able to get you some tickets to go to that game, you going to the game or uh, still COVID protocol, I ain't going. Or is it a different thing because it's a football yeah, game? Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. No, wouldn't I either, would, okay. I would, no, I wouldn't go. If I had the vaccine, I would go. I wouldn't, you know, where am I gonna get? I don't even know the Super Bowl, where is it? I believe it's in Raymond James Stadium as well. Jesus, everything's in Tampa. No, I would. I absolutely would not get on a plane. Absolutely, absolutely not. No, I would. I wouldn't do it. Um, so um, yeah, no, I wouldn't go. But again, God bless people who are. I just hope people do this stuff safely. I don't want to. I think what what has happened during this COVID thing is um, liberals, and I can myself say I'm a liberal, are doing this thing of like blaming everyone oh you're going out you're doing this thing you're blah 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 and it's like people have to live their lives to a certain extent as long as they're doing it safely and they're taking precautions and things like that so hopefully if people are going to this these events please wear a freaking mask uh, and please if you're sick don't go um you know so hopefully people do that and if they do god bless you enjoy the show but not me not until not until we get, i get a vaccine We'll, we'll see what happens if, like, you know, I'm able to get something from my job. If, uh, say, hey, I got two tickets for the Super Bowl of the Packers. Of like, we'll see, we'll see if uh, someone can drive to. Uh, the Super Bowl. I, I'll enjoy yeah. it as much on my couch as I would be in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding with you. But yeah. uh, so let's let's get into the idea of this. So second straight year, WrestleMania is going to be two nights. We saw again this year with Wrestle Kingdom. They were three and a half, four hour shows. Um, 
from different things I've heard, one of the reasons why this is happening is because of there's certain curfews when it comes to live events and you're not going to have, you know, a seven hour event. Do you like the idea of the uh, two nights? Do you, do you Absolutely. like the I, I love the two nights. I mean, it should be two nights always. I mean, I mean, how many years have we watched these WrestleMania score in the main event? It's like, you're just exhausted. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of times I've, I've gone to the Bronx for WrestleMania and, you know, pregame will be, you know, having a couple beers, hanging out or whatever at five o'clock. And then the main events at 1130, we've been sitting around, hanging out, eating, drinking. You're exhausted. And, and, and going to an event is fun. Like, I love going to events. They're, it's long. You know, you know, going all out like we've been. Sure. It's a long event for three hours or three and a half hours. Seven hours? Oh, my. It's, it's awful. Um, so I, I, love the, I love the two-night idea. I also think it's probably going to be a better show. You can have longer matches. You can tell better stories. I mean, I think two nights also is, is better as well. And I think one of the things you can think about it, a couple of years ago when you had the three-way main event with the women headlining, one of the things that lost some of the momentum was that the fans were super tired and they kind of lost the momentum of the, um, of the win by the man by the end of the night, you know, with Becky Lynch, where you wanted this big moment of Becky Lynch holding up both titles. And you saw by the end, some people had either left or the fan reaction was still a decent reaction, but there was a better reaction to, to Kofi winning. And you could say that was because of, you know, the first true, you know, black heavyweight champion and the emotion of that. But, the biggest star coming into that. It night. was at eight. It was at eight thirty, right? Or nine thirty. Like they were still ready. You know, they were still ready to go. Exactly. But like I said, you know, I think when you have these super long events, the crowd gets so tired, and the momentum that you have because you know the idea of when it's dark outside on the East Coast, and you're first seeing you know Roman Reigns coming into the ring, that you know there's a little bit of problem with that aspect. And I understand that you know you got to do what you got to do, but I think this is. Of course, you know, COVID is a disaster and we wish for the best for everything. But the idea of two nights, I think, is a blessing in disguise in a way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think the two nights is good. I think um, they'll get a lot of a lot of energy. Uh, I think if this is going to be the first time there's been fans, I think people are really going to pop. I think you're going to have the marks of the marks come out for this. Um, so I think you're going to have a lot of like hardcore fans. I think. That's the one thing that you're going to have to be careful of, Corey. I think the marks to the marks are going to come out for this. So I don't, so they got to be careful that they're not putting out some Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Inferno, burning each other, weird masks, Alexa Bliss becoming a demon. They need to make sure they don't do anything too stupid. And WrestleMania this year wasn't. I thought there were some pretty good matches this year. The edge match was long, but they didn't have any like real stupid stupid shit on the show this year so um that's something for them to be careful of because the fans will 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 be upset with it so um that, that especially if they get a, the type of fans i think they might get that brings me to uh, two points i was gonna bring up in a second before we move on one do you think that they get twenty five thousand actual paid yeah 100 yeah 100 even with the idea that with travel yeah. restrictions you may not be able to get you know the fans from or you know overseas to come over yeah 100 percent Hundred percent, twenty-five thousand people. It could be, you know, people have been starved for things for so long, 
And I know Jacksonville's been a little bit funny with their with their fans and how many fans they're getting and with AEW. But you know, this is WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, this is WrestleMania, and people have been starved for things over the past. Shit, my wife and I were trying to figure out like ten months or whatever it's been, and you know, by WrestleMania it would have been a year, uh, basically. Um, I still remember going to a live sporting event right before this all went down in March just to check out Chicago Blackhawks game. Uh, and so people are missing this stuff. So do I think people say, hey, let's go safely. Let's do it. We'll drive, whatever. Absolutely. I think they get 25,000 both nights. Because I think I also think there's a good chance the same people will go both nights. But That's very interesting. And like I said, I wonder what the ticket prices will be. But the other half of this equation is, and we'll move on after this point, let's share other things you want talk about about uh, on the subject is can they do this hocus pocus crap and, and everyone has a different point of view on this Alexa bliss and the fiend stuff which we really haven't spoken about over the last couple of months but can you do the stuff like they did on Monday there's night? a there's a reason we have not spoken about it go ahead but can they do like stuff they did on Monday night with all of a sudden they turn out the lights and they go to commercial for four minutes and you know all of a sudden you know Alexa bliss has a different shirt different makeup and all this stuff can you do a cinematic match with a live crowd, you do the boneyard match when you, you know, that type of stuff. I know the boneyard match a lot of people thought was really good, but can you do those type of matches when you actually have people sitting there for three and a half, four hours and do something totally different, you know, while people yeah. are actually sitting there? Well, they did it out of necessity, right? Right. And but, you know, um, like, I don't, I don't think, I think, you know, I don't think we're going to be seeing the Undertaker at this year's WrestleMania. I hope not. Um, and you know, but yeah, you do have Bray Wyatt and we know they like doing his crazy stuff. So I don't know. I think, um, they could do a cinematic match and just have it on the screen, but I think that might be weak. Um, you know, and have paying customers sit through that. So they might not do that. I don't know. I don't see them doing a cinematic match. I, I think there's a better chance that they don't. Um, but you know, they'll do matches with like stupid effects like that Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton match a, a couple of years ago. Um, what, yeah, Spiders. It was, yeah, it's a great time. Yeah. Now, listen, am I saying it's going to be good what they do? Absolutely not. But they'll probably try something, but I don't think it'll be to the level of what they did uh, last year. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. And the last thing on this is it's very interesting. I know the one thing they did not announce was, and it's good because it's going to be maybe because it's, you know, an anniversary show, WrestleMania 40. We didn't get the uh, that venue. It'll be interesting to see where they go. WrestleMania 40. We got a couple of years before we have to decide that. But next few WrestleManias, we know the locations. I mean, WrestleMania 40 has to be at Madison Square Garden. What are we doing here? Does it? I mean, WrestleMania 30 was, or was it 29, was in um, the Meadowlands. You know, so the last couple major shows have not been in the Garden because of the I know, I know, I know. It's just you know, something nostalgia should be. It's just it should. They should. I mean, Corey, they should have a big show there every year. It's such an amazing, I, it's such an amazing venue. The oh, piece of crap owns it, but it's such an amazing sure. venue um, that I don't know. I feel like they, and that's maybe part of the reason why they're not they're not there as well. But it's just, I mean, it's the best place to watch wrestling ever. So, um, you know, it'd be nice if they, if they get there at some point for at least a big event, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely will. Uh, so, Jay, um, I really don't have much to say about Monday Night Raw besides, you know, I believe the first three minutes were the best part of the show, which they always do a great job of their tribute video to uh, Martin Luther King with his birthday. 
being yeah. this past week. Besides that, I thought, it was, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. They they left certain things out, but yeah, we don't have to get into politics. So uh, just interesting. They did a uh, Martin Luther King, and then it's like white people hanging out with black people, and they don't talk about racial justice or Black Lives Matter or anything like that. Just interesting things they 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 choose to leave out. Um, oh, no. Randy Randy Orton's thing. Um, I mean, that was the longest promo ever. I mean, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with his face? Why doesn't he cover his nose if his nose is all burnt up? Why don't you cover the nose if the nose is burnt up? Leave the, you know what I mean? It's just, just, (laughs) Corey Raw is just, it's just. (sighs) Unwatchable most weeks? I mean, Alexa Bliss is, and I said this on Twitter at Work Shoot Pod. Her move set, and I know they did this. She's possessed by a demon or the or the, the fiend or whatever. Her move set is ridiculous for a woman her size. Mm-hmm. Like she shouldn't be doing power moves. She is little. She's the smallest woman on a roster. Oh, it, it's it's. I mean, you know. It's just insulting to the audience. They're basically like, we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna, we're, we're rolling a ball out there and then that's it. There's no, it's like, a, it's like, um, uh, who was the, there were, you know, it's been a million coaches, but um, you know, back in the day, Barry Switzer was really known for this with the Cowboys where they didn't really have a game plan. It's like, oh, we got Troy Aikman, Emma Smith and Mike Irvin. Just go out there and do it, right? And like, you know that's what Mike McCarthy's that, that and that's what Mike McCarthy's did with the Packers basically. You got we got Aaron Rodgers. Just go out there and figure it out. And I I mean I feel like that's what McMahon is doing. Like what what is this show? You had a good match with Ricochet and AJ. That was solid. I was you know that was a very good match. Um, but the rest of this stuff, it's like what what are we watching? The Miz more. Like, it's so. It's just so bad. It's such a long show. It's like the longest three hours of, of, of your life watching that. It's like the three hours you can't ever get back. It's like when I watched the movie The Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, it was like two hours I can never get back. I, I, I just, I know we talk about how bad it is every week and, and I know people are probably sick of us talking about how bad it is, but it just continues to, uh, continues, to, continues to spiral out of control. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just terrible. And I guess... Is Alexa going to get a title shot here? She's going to win the title. She's absolutely going to win the title. I could, I could see that happening. And, I, you know, and before we move on, because you did mention that, I would say that I think they have to be careful. I know Asuka is one of those characters, no matter what you do with her, you most likely aren't going to harm her in the long run. But the way that they treated her on Monday reminded me a lot on why Seth Rollins was basically for the, you know, got turned on by the fans where he basically was hiding in fear and almost crying when he faced the fiend in the beginning. And all of a sudden you had this badass character that I know is a jokey character right now and is smiling and dancing and stuff in, in Asuka. But, and I know Asuka is not the same character she was in NXT where she was the baddest woman on the planet 99% of the time. With her basically hiding in the corner and being afraid and basically, you know, running away from this character who I, I'll be the first one to say I'm a huge fan of Alexa Bliss, always have been. And I think she does a very good job with the material she's given with this, basically playing, you know, an eight-year-old girl who's possessed by the devil or something. 
But the idea that she was basically scared and running away when you're like of a five of a five foot one woman, she's not a big and 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 I think that makes it worse too, Corey. She's not a big woman. You know who's scary? Abaddon. She's she's fucking scary, Corey. Now, is she a good wrestler? No, I but is she's is she at least scary? Alexa Bliss is is not scary. She's no. like an attractive five foot one small comparatively to the roster woman. She is no one to be scared of. It is completely absurd that Asuka, who is the best women's wrestler on the planet, is terrified of this small comparatively woman who's possessed by the devil. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we can only hope for the best. And And here's the thing, Corey. Vince doesn't care about making her look bad. He doesn't I don't think they think about stuff like this. I really don't. I don't think they think about, oh, if this happens to this character, they might look like assholes and then no one's gonna wanna cheer them because why do you wanna cheer someone who's an asshole? And I, I, I don't think they think like that. I really don't. And it's such a, it's such a problem. And imagine if there were fans in, in the stands for, these, for this. I, oh, God. All right, let's talk about something else. All right, so 10 days away, we have the Royal Rumble. I, I know that it's hard to judge what's over and what's not, but, uh, and next week we'll make our predictions, but are you hyped for this? Do you care? I mean, no. both of our favorite show of the year is the Royal Rumble, but what's your, uh, what's your interest level right now, 10 days away? So a couple of things. One, I'm surprised they didn't try to do this in Florida and at an outdoor arena and have fans because... Tampa's had fans all freaking year. Now, I know it's going to be January and it might be cold. Um, but I'm surprised they didn't try to have, like, maybe it's the whole thing is, like, they don't want to do the 10,000 fans. They want to do when we have fans, we have, like, excuse me, 25,000. So maybe that's maybe that's why. But I'm surprised they didn't try to have fans because the Royal Rumble is such a big show. Um, I mean – no, they, I mean, they've talked about Goldberg, which I could care less about. Um, they had the Miz basically saying he's going to cash it in. Please cash it in or don't cash it in. Or I don't care. Um, Owens, you know, I love Owens. I love the storyline, but he's lost like every time. So I can't see him winning. Um, and in the Royal Rumble match itself, it's like people, some people are declaring. Some people are not declaring. There's random matches with AJ Styles beating up anybody who says they're gonna, they want to declare. So I, I think the I, I think the hype for the actual Royal Rumble, and I felt like this for the last couple of years, the hype for the actual Royal Rumble, I feel like is not what it used to be. They would have matches to say, okay, are you gonna get in at 15? Or are you gonna get in at you know 10 or whatever? And at least that got you saying, okay, let's see, you you know where people are gonna go. Corey, do you know who's gonna being a Royal Rumble, I don't, I don't know who's gonna. I get what are there five people who declared? Who's gonna be in this match? In either one of them, do you know? Is this gonna be only ten people this year in the Royal Rumble? Is this gonna be also how many people are gonna be in in general? Is this a thirty man, a 30. forty man, thirty? I, I believe so. They had. I I watch these shows every week and I don't know this. Like that's a problem. I know AW programmer for the next two months. Like. You, you got to let peop, the audience know what's going on. So to say that I'm hyped about the Royal Rumble, well, one, my mind is on 
different things. You know, I'm on vacation right now and um, I've been having a great time. Green Bay is playing Sunday. So like I'll, some of my attention has been diverted and Raw is horrible. So some of my attention has been diverted a little bit, but I also don't think they've done a good enough job of, of hyping the Rumble. I really don't. It's almost like an afterthought. Like the match itself should be the biggest thing that's hyped, but I feel like it's an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's one of your big four, and for most people, it's the number two show of the year for the WWE, not, not counting, you know, NXT programming, you know, which is, you know, for me and Jay are, you know, the biggest shows of the year at this point. But like I said, you know, maybe it's the idea that neither one of us care about Goldberg anymore. And we kind of realize that unless they're doing a major swerve, you know, Kevin Steen, sorry, Kevin, geez, I haven't said that in a long time. Kevin, Kevin Owens. McCoy, where, McCoy, where's the hype for the match? Like, have, do you feel, do you know who's in this match? Uh, a couple, but majority, no. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know that uh, Brian is, Daniel Bryan's in the match who, after, you know, declaring basically hasn't won. And um, he's been a really good match. The last two matches he was in, that basically mini match he had with Cesaro, Sorry, the match he had with Cesaro last week on SmackDown was great. And the match that he had in the gauntlet with Nakamura, I thought was phenomenal. And all three of them are in the in the Rumble. I mean, that that makes more sense if you had Nakamura after getting screwed, him getting the title shot, not Kevin Owens. But, I mean, they're in it. Orin's in it. I mean, on the women's side, I know you've got – and I guess AJ said he's in it. You know, on the women's side, you got Charlotte and a couple of other people. You know, I guess Bailey has said she's in it and Bianca – people you know have a chance of winning but like you said you know most years by this point you would have a better idea I mean I know you always every year you have a couple of surprises you know like a Beth Phoenix could be in it or you know an well not an ivory because I don't even know if she people know she even exists within the company but you know at this point you would have a better idea who has a chance honestly I don't even and the reason I'm not even asking you for a prediction now besides you know we have another show next week besides maybe Daniel Bryan a couple of weeks ago I honestly don't know who legitimately is going to win these matches. No. You know, maybe the fact that Alexa Bliss pinned your, your champion this past week, clean as a, you know, clean as a bell, she might have a chance of winning it, but you could set that up through, you know, another means. I mean, who's really, I mean, you know, maybe Rhea Ripley is going to be a surprise and she wins. Maybe Bianca wins, you know, because, you know, she, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I could see Bianca winning. I don't think she's ready yet, but I could see her winning. He, Women or men, they could go a lot of different directions. And uh, I do think whoever wins, and they've done this last, they've done this recently. I mean, they don't always make, they try to make a person, but they always stay made, Nakamura. Yeah. Uh, but I do think this is a Royal Rumble where they're going to try to make somebody. I don't think it's going to be an established Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, you know, person. I think it's going to be a, you know, a biggie, a someone, someone like that, who I think, because I think they, Corey, I think they know they need to, <laughs> like, I think they know, like, we, we got to have somebody, we got to have somebody win these matches other than Charlotte, Roman, and Drew. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would, that would be, uh, that'd be different, right? I mean, you know, somebody who uh, makes somebody, you know. And so, know yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we still got another week. Maybe they'll surprise us. And, you know, I guess one of the other parts is the fact that Drew hasn't, with the COVID, hasn't been there in two weeks. And, you know, Goldberg is not a great talker, you know, so it's really hard to, to do anything. And, you know, and we don't even know. I think we have Carmella 
versus Sasha on the women's side. I don't even know if that's an actual match, I think. But I mean, really, Will, we got we got 10 days until the event. Maybe they'll do something on the next these next three shows to really get involved in the in the idea for the show. But uh Jay, this past uh, this past Saturday, uh, we had you know big time football games, which uh, I know you were watching very closely. So uh, congratulations on Green Bay and the Bills both winning on that. But uh, I had a chance to watch uh, the Impact uh, pay per view, Hard to Kill. Um, you had the Bullet Club, which I guess they're now calling, which I guess Impact or AW. Got trademark for so they could actually use. I think they got trademark for too sweet. Oh, no, I think they got trademark for yeah for the Bullet Club. Also, Kenny Omega's Bullet Club shirt was like the Halloween one. What did he do? He said, "Hey, does anyone have a? a can someone run out to Hot Topic and get a Bullet Club shirt real quick? But it doesn't matter. Just take one off the you know the clearance rack. But uh, anyway, yeah. But on that show, uh, you had the uh, the club or the band or whatever they're gonna call themselves. We're just calling a bullet club. It's fine. Right. But the big thing, like the two big things that came out of that show, well, a couple of things came out of that show, but the major thing was that Kenny Omega and Rich Swan, which uh, most likely is setting up a title match or a match between the two of them at their next pay-per-view, Retribution. No, is it Retribution? Revolution. I'm sorry. Jesus. I'm thinking about well, another couple. Well, okay. So would it be... So it'd be Swan against Omega at Revolution. No, at, then... at Impact's at Impact's pay per view. Oh well, that's not until April. But the reason I'm saying that is I don't know if you saw the poster. They've got Omega's symbol on the poster, which I think is, uh, I think that means something there. And, and there's more going on. But um, we'll get. Yeah. And I thought it was a really solid match. Everyone worked really hard. Moose was a last minute replacement because Alex Shelley could not travel, and they're saying it is not COVID related, which. Uh, a lot of times when they say that, it's COVID-related, but, you know, who knows? Uh, but um, some other stuff that happened on that show, you had the writing off of, I think now forever, of Ethan Page. And, uh, Jay, I wanted to get into this with you quickly. I know this was, wasn't on the rundown, but I know you've seen some of the comments over the last couple of days. Ethan Page, who contract expired apparently, I guess, mid-November, uh, first of all, did not want to do this Karate Man gimmick which he wanted to do something separate on his own impact sort. They liked it. So they had him do it on, on the, sh on the shows leading up. So he had uh, basically a match where he was facing himself, Ethan Page versus Karate Man. The match went about two minutes. It was really a shitty to put it nicely. Jay is usually the one who does most of the cursing on the show, but I'm going to just say it on this one. But uh, Ethan Page went and they basically just pulled out his heart and uh, he ain't returning anytime soon. He went on to social media and said that, you know, they basically did him, did him wrong and he wants basically nothing to do with the company ever again. And the reason I'm bringing this up was because this past Tuesday, Ty Valkyrie had a very different type of going away from the company. So Jay, before I get your point of view on this, I just want to say the way they handled the Ty Valkyrie was they did a segment where they did the ending of Who Killed Johnny Bravo, which is a really dumb thing. But the way they did it was they said, all right, we're arresting her. And Tommy Dreamer came on and said, well, where do you think she'll, you know, she's either going to be jail in Jacksonville, Stanford, or, or Maryland, basically saying, you know, she's going to go to the WWE, AEW, or ROH. So, you know, the way that they handle these two situations, what's your thoughts on the, I guess, Ethan Page situation and the Ty Valkyrie, I guess, 
combine the two. Yeah. So I was trying to look for the quote that he, he said while, and maybe Corey, maybe you could find it while, um, while I'm talking here. It, I mean, it, he destroyed the company. Yeah. Uh, he essentially said he did not want to do this. Uh, this was not his idea. Um, they forced him basically to do this. They edited the shit out of the stuff that he, they sent them and he did not want them to do this at all. Um, and he really buried them on his way out. And, you know, he said, you know, Ethan Page, just from seeing his Twitter and um, just the stuff I've read about him, he seems like a really good guy. He also seems to be a pretty emotional guy. Yes, absolutely. And he seems to be the type of guy that wears his heart in his sleep. So when he feels something, he really feels it. And I super respect that because that's that's how I that's how I am. That's how I always been. This maybe wasn't the greatest time to say that, right? Like he really buried them on his way out. And listen, if he becomes a big star in AEW or NXT, I think he'd be freaking perfect for NXT. But if he went to wherever he went, right? If he ever wanted to come back to Impact, you know, Matt Hardy had a bad run there. You know, had a bad run at the end there. Um, with stuff being said, and he came back. So I, I, you know, wrestling all can be forgiven, but it, it just it wasn't a great thing for him to say on his way out. But he also was saying like, my family watched it because this is how I was leaving, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was going to be a good thing, and it just was complete crap. And I was embarrassed. And so I think it was the idea that he was watching it with his family, and it was like this is shit. Like I just showed that, and so. And so that, that's where his emotions came from. Totally understandable. Maybe he should have taken some time and let his anger subside before he kind of made a comment. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, everybody said it was complete shit. So, but. Oh, it was. It was really good. I, I just, I don't know. It wasn't the right way to handle it. I think even he probably would say that in a week or two. Um, but you know, he's an emotional guy and he said it. So, um, I, I think this won't hurt him. I mean, he's seems, he's a tremendous, he's tremendous on the mic. Uh, I've only seen him in tags, but he's great in tags. I think he could be a star wherever he goes. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see, but man impacts, I mean, they do, they, they do get people, but they also, they, they, they lose a lot of people. Um, and yeah, Taya. And I mean, that was that who shot Johnny. Thing was they TNA impact needs to stop with some of the comedy they're not good at it the funniest comedy on that show is when Tony Khan does his his paid commercial ads oh I love those yeah. they they do comedy really badly really badly and they really need to not do it anymore <laughs> they need to stop with some of the comedy um, but anyway, yeah, Ty was written off in a way that was, you know, fine. Um, and it was nice. They had that moment, Rose, Rosemary, Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary. Um, and I think they're really, really good friends in real life too, obviously. So, um, I thought it was, you know, a good way to send her off. I thought it was fine. End of, end of a really goofy story. And so, yeah, we'll see where all these people go. I mean, Corey, is there, is, you know, is there room for all these people? I mean, is there room for, I mean, Ty had, there's plenty of room for a, a strong woman's wrestler. And Ethan Page, I guess there'd be room for him too, and and, and uh, uh, NXT or or whatever. But yeah, it'll be interesting where these people end up. Yeah, and you know, I guess the last thing on this, as we get into the other part of the Impact story, is that I think that the way that it was handled is one of the things that I guess a lot of people 
thought in the old regime of Impact Wrestling under Dixie Carter and everything else was this type of stuff happened. And they thought with, you know, on their Anthem Sports was this type of stuff wasn't happening anymore. And it makes wow. you wonder. No, I'm just saying with Ethan, Ethan Page. But I'm just saying it's, but, but, but people always are bitter about leaving places. It doesn't mean that it was shit. Right, like that doesn't mean. I mean, you know, people have left. Look at what they did with the Rascals. It was amazing. True. Right. If you're ever gonna leave, have any, any anybody leave the company, now with the Rascals, they also didn't do great by them when they were there. <laughs> I mean, look at what they've done with them in NXT compared to what they were in Impact. But, um, you know, they did a great send off to them. So I, I, you know, I mean, you know, it could have been they just did a really bad editing job, and what they did sucked. And so, you know, there's a lot of different factors, but I'm not going to say like, Oh, we're back to old TNA again. I will say the comedy stuff is, is, is TNA stuff, but um, right. I'm not going to necessarily say that because they've, they've handled things as a company way different than what I've seen. The shows have been pretty good and, and the matches have been good. So yeah, I'm not going to say this is old TNA uh, just yet. Let's give them some time. Oh, sure. And uh, also congratulations. So I believe it's a uh, fire and flavor. Uh, winning the women's uh, tag team uh, titles, very well deserved. I said in past weeks, you know, the most underrated female tag team, and I think in all of wrestling, I think they, if you wanted to say, you know, a most improved over the, like the last year, I think that what they've done has been really good. And I hope if this, you know, Impact AEW uh, partnership goes on, I'd love to see, you know, them get involved, you know. Well, they better, well, they better be careful. They go over to AEW, Tony Khan might be like, oh, Tony Khan might be like, oh, we don't have anything like this here. <laughs> we don't have women like this here in our company. We need, like, they're charismatic. They're good on the mic. They have swag. And they're really good in the ring. Uh, we, yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, they're, I, I, Kiara Hogan is African-American. I think um, uh, Tasha Steeles is Latinx. Oh, my gosh. And they're, you know, like, yeah. So they better be careful having them go over there. But, yeah, no, they're, they're tremendous. They're two of my... They've become two of my favorites since I started watching Impact. I think they have really good charisma. Uh, and I think they have really good chemistry between the two of them, too. Uh, interesting note, Kiara Hogan, I'm almost sure, does, de does date Diamante in, um, in AEW. So, you, you know, yeah. So it who knows? If, age when they uh, when they won. So, uh, yeah. So who knows? Who knows how that could, you know, eventually uh, factor right. into Kiara Hogan and AEW. So we'll see what happens down the line. So, and the last part of this story, which we'll get into more, is uh, private parties showed up on this week's Impact Wrestling. So, it's not just Kenny Omega who is involved with the Impact uh, AW crossover. What was your thoughts on private parties basically turning heel and showing up on Impact and basically becoming the new number one contenders? Yeah, the, the only thing that was awkward was Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn being there. And I know eventually Jerry Lynn interfered in the match. It's like, there's nobody else allowed in this arena. And it's just the two of you watching. <laughs> like that part I felt kind of strange, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I like the private party having a little bit of an edge to them. The Matt Hardy thing still seems to be a little bit awkward with him kind of trying to put himself over. But then like, they're supposed to be heels. I think that stuff only works so long. And then eventually the, you know, for instance, with Tully Blanchard and FTR, Tully Blanchard doesn't talk the whole time. He talks and they talk. So they, they're still kind of getting themselves over too. It can't just be the private party looking like dumbasses 
while Matt Hardy says, I'm taking all your money. And then they also turn heel. They look like they're going to look like assholes. So, um, you know, that's, that storyline is going to have to evolve a little bit, but, um, you know, I do think, um, uh, <laughs> Jackie chemistry, like Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. Yeah. I, I'd say that that's accurate. The fire and the flavor. Um, maybe that's what we should rename the podcast, uh, pie copyright with, with Kiara Hogan. She get mad at us, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to see where that goes. I mean, they're going to be facing uh, the Good Brothers at the No Surrender pay-per-view or, I'm sorry, Impact Plus pay-per-view, which I've always found interesting concept on uh, February 13th going up against uh, UFC 258. Well, Impact Plus, they're trying to make that, that, that $10 a month. They're trying to make that nut every month. Are you kidding me? They're, you trying to be, they're trying to get that WWE Network money. <laughs> It'll be interesting. How many subscribers do you think they have to that Impact well, Plus? 20,000? 20, 12. 12,000? No, 12 people. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's good. That's a good question, but I, I yeah, wonder just, if they also, just interesting. I wonder if they also maybe on that show put the uh, Swan versus Moose match that, you know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, they, they have title changes on those shows. So, I mean, they, they could have, I mean, private party aren't winning, but right. uh, they could have a title change on, on, on this show. I could see Moose. Um, Moose uh, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's Swan versus Omega is, is your. I, I think probably, but I think Moose resigned, resigned, didn't he? I, really, I haven't heard. I thought I thought I read something that he signed. If he did, then I think there's a chance he could win the title. Because I mean, he's pretty good. He's oh pretty yeah, good. and the, if people get a chance to uh, either see the match or see highlights, Moose real it was most likely Moose's best performance since his ROH days. He really stepped up in that situation, showing his athleticism. And doing a Spanish fly uh, off the top. Well, all Spanish flies are off the top rope, but he did a Spanish fly in that match, which was just like awe inspiring. But uh, Jay, we spoke, I think, more about impact than we've spoken about them in uh, the 258 episodes we've done over the last, you know, seven years. So let's get back more in our comfort zone, I guess, and uh, talk about, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, which, you know, impact is now, I guess, sort of kind of part of. But, uh, you know, let's start with the, uh, the better show this week, uh, NXT by far. And before we get into NXT, I'm just going to say it because I am the AEW mark of the of the podcast, which is absolute. Uh, not exactly the best show. I thought the first hour was good. Second hour, I know a lot of stuff was rushed. And Chris Jericho, Lion Salt, eh, maybe we shouldn't be doing that anymore. But, he needs uh, to, he needs to retire. That he needs he needs to. He's Corey, the 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 ste- the, the decline is 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 gone. This is like it's like watching Drew Brees uh, on Sunday against the against the the Bucks, you know. Like it's it's he's he's really steadily declining, and he's great on the mic still. And I think he can wrestle good mat based matches, but he should not be out there wrestling every week. It's it's it's, and I love Chris Jericho; he's a top five all time favorite guy. I'd like him more if I didn't think he was a trumper, but. I, you know, he's really, really struggling. He just can't. The problem with AEW, here's the problem. You have AEW who has, and I describe them as WWE attitude error, just craziness all the time. There's angles all over the place. Nothing breeds. And that's how their matches are. Fast pace, guys flipping all over the place. No psychology. Jericho wrestles a slower pace style 
especially at his age with with ring psychology and like that's how he gets by that's how these older guys get by they don't do that in AEW. so he's like kind of wrestling this quick style that he is absolutely no longer capable of there's no shame in that he's still in great shape for a 50 year old man but he's not able to keep up like that that isn't physically possible to be able to so it just makes him look it just makes it look real real rough and so i don't know i'm not saying you know hang him out to dry and retire him but i'm saying like i think he needs to be put in better spots um you know as a, as a wrestler than, than what than what they have him doing i can see that and like i, said, I know uh We'll we'll get back to this, but let's uh, let's talk about a uh, little uh, NXT, and if we have some time, we'll get back to uh, the how do we put this um, the rest the wrestling version of uh, the tag team slut as they were calling him uh, now. But uh, NXT, I thought was a very good show. I didn't think it was you know the best show they've ever done. Unlike I said, AEW, one of the worst shows they've done in a couple of months. But uh, Jay, we've started the. Uh, continuing the first round of the Dusty Dusty Cup, we had the Fight Pit. Um, we had Kushida getting uh, another win over Johnny Wrestling. Um, where do you want to start? Because, like I said, I thought it was a good show. I thought a lot of things came out of it. What was your, uh, I guess, highlight of? Yeah, I mean, I love the Imperium and Lucha House Party. And I noted this on Twitter at Work to Shoot Pod. NXT did more for the Lucha House Party in the last couple of weeks. Than they've than the WWE main roster has done for them in the past several years. They made them look great. You saw all their ability, Grand Matalik, King of the Ropes, flying all over the place, right? Lindsay Dorado doing his thing. It was a great match with Imperium. And uh, I'm glad that they won. I really am. I'm glad that they won. Um, it, it shows that they, you know, they they still have some. There's still something there uh, for the main roster to tap into. Kushida, Ralph against Gargano, and Theory, I thought was a good match. I'm glad that Kushida's getting a win. We've been hoping that he gets a push for a long time, and now it looks like Kushida's going to get that push. I think they'd lose to grizzled young veterans, um, but at least, you know, uh, Kushida and Ruff, uh got the push. So, um, you know, we'll kind of see how, how some of that goes. Is this Neeson Davari? That match is going to be on 205 Live. I would, actually, I, would what, I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, Neeson Davari are now actually, it's going to be on 205 Live, but they're now actually facing the team of respect coming out of the fight pit. Uh, they did a two, they did a WWE or NXT exclusive of Ciampa and Gargano are going to be a tag team now. And they're going to face and kill uh, Neeson Davari on 205 Live. Wait, 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 hold on. Ciampa... Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? No, I'm sorry, Ciampa and uh, Timothy Thatcher. Oh, they're going to be a tag team. Yeah, oh, that that's that's pretty cool. Okay, I like that. That's 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 cool. That'll 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 throw some throw, throw definitely some interesting things. And I, I think Corey, I hope after this, you know, I know that these are mostly makeshift tag teams. Although it does seem like a lot of these tag teams are MSK's not Maverick and and Dane have been a tag team for a while. Uh, Lagana Del Fantasmo, Lucha House Party, Girls of Young Veterans. So most of the makeshift tag teams didn't make it. So uh, maybe Thatcher and Ciampa become, you know, an interesting kind of tag team and, and stay as a tag team for a while. I wouldn't, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, um, see, um, 
the the two young women there uh, win the match. Oh my God, Casey Catanzaro. Um, that red arrow, reverse red arrow, was all. I, I uh, went back like three times to watch that. That reverse Falcon arrow was amazing. So um, that was a solid match. So yeah, it was just it was a good show overall. I'd say my only disappointment was the fight pit. I really thought the fight pit would be. I don't know, more brutal, longer. Um, and, you know, it was Riddle. That one was so good. The expectations were high with Ciampa. And I don't think it ever really hit the heights. Um, but that being said, Timothy Thatcher got the win, needed the win. Uh, and it's good to see that maybe these guys are, are teaming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first round of the Dusty Classic for the men has been quite good. I think it's interesting that with the segment that they had the return of uh, Anders, uh, of Wolf. We'll see where that goes. I mean, I don't think uh, Walter's coming back anytime soon, especially with his great match he's having on NXT, you know, UK. Fortunately, we don't have time to, you know, watch that every week before the show. But um, I think that it's going to be interesting where they go with his return. We finally found out that Curtis, Kurt Stallion actually exists in a 205, uh, not more than 205 Live. Here's a, here's a thing. Hold on, Corey. So, Santos Escobar, who, again, we, I am a, just a humongous fan of his. Sure, absolutely. I have been for a long time. He comes out and he calls out all the champions and says the nobody can champion, beat Kerry Cross. Yeah, he calls, out, he calls out all the champions, including a former champion. Basically says he's the best guy in NXT. And then Kurt Stallion who I, we're the marks of the marks, right? How many people, and Russell Life, Russell Life audience can say, how many people are watching 205 Live? Nobody. Nobody watches that. And Kurt Stallion, um, Senator Escobar is worried about Kurt Stallion? Come on. That's where you bring in a new guy. That's where you bring in someone we haven't seen before. The 205 Live roster is so damaged other than atlas swerve and escobar none of these guys are legitimate davari and tony nice kurt stallion come on give me a uk guy at least jesus that's going to be the match him against kurt stallion who cares and if kurt stallion wins that's going to make escobar look even worse then he's going to get dragged down with those guys in 205 and just put him on the show I don't understand what they were doing with Kurt Stallion. Well, he should have said, he should have said, I'm making this title not a cruiserweight title anymore or something. He should have opened it up or, or, or that was, that was a time I think to have some type of promo where you're like, uh, you know, I'm going to give this title up because I'm going to, I'm going to become a heavyweight or, you know, the whole um, uh, TNA uh, option C thing where you can give that title up for a shot at the heavyweight title, which I think was would be interesting. It was time for him to give that title up, not for him to go against some random Hammenager that I've never seen before. I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, and just quickly, I guess we could just quickly say this. Uh, in regards with the, the women's um, Dusty Cup, I think it was an interesting first match. We had the return of Io Shirai, who hasn't been around for a couple of weeks. And we, I guess we finally saw the uh, direction that they will be going in regards to what's coming up next for uh, Mercedes Martinez, which I wonder if that will be on 
the uh, St. Valentine's Day uh, show on that weekend, but uh, we it'll be interesting that one of the things that was mentioned on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio by a former guest of the show, Brian Alvarez, who, as you have said, is very interesting to listen to uh, regarding, you know, breaking down Raw every week, you know, he hasn't heard a positive thing about Raw in, a, you know, six months or a year, but um, he said that he had heard from an, somebody in NXT who he, uh, he trusts and he hopes it was just something they were talking about for the short term. Do you know that they uh, believe that they want to turn Casey and um, her partner heel? Yeah, I, yeah, I read that right before the show. You know, we'll see. That would be that would not make sense to me. They're the plucky baby faces. Yeah, I mean, the, you got, the, I mean, you need you need plucky you need plucky uh, baby faces. They have they have they have Mercedes Martinez is a heel. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, just going down this list here. You know, Candice LeRae. They have enough heels. Tony Storm. They have enough heels. Aaliyah, who no one's seen in forever. <laughs> they have enough heels. Keep them as the plucky baby faces. Have them get to the finals of this. I think that would be a lot of fun, um, you know, against Ember Moon and, and, and Shasi. Um, and I think I think they should win it. Um, and then they should challenge um, whoever the uh, Charlotte and Asuka on a big show. That's my personal opinion, but I'm also big fans of theirs. Um, yeah, so hopefully we don't need to get into too much uh, with them, but hopefully they don't turn them heel. And I did like how they had them win um, uh, this week. I agree, and like I said, the only heel thing I saw them do was, if you want to say, they pushed, you know, Ember move out of the out of the way to get to the ring, and if that's if that's what's considered heel, and if that's and if that's what's you know telling us what the final is going to be, they have uh, people have done a lot more heelish things over the last you know 30, 35, 36 years of WrestleManias than you know pushing somebody out of the way to be a heel turn. But uh, Jay, I thought you know, like I, once again, I thought NXT was good. Fight Pit, not as good as the first one, but, you know, it's a different time. COVID makes things, you know, a little bit harder. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward with Thatcher and Ciampa now that they're a team and if they maybe have them maybe do a little bit of a run or to see if this just sets up the two guys can't get along and they wind up doing a third match at, you know, the February pay-per-view or if there's just too many matches already that we, you know, coming up with. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Uh Jay, so let's get to the other Wednesday night show, AEW. Um, the, the one good thing on the show, well, I would say a good thing, was the uh, continued uh, stuff with uh, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and, uh, and Callis. I thought that segment, yes, goofy, but I thought the stuff between the, the Bucks and Callis at Kenny Omega's house, I thought was pretty well done. I mean, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought, you know, the one thing that was, you know, you could say a plot hole um, was like, why did he put the camera there to show that he's paying them off? I mean, maybe he did that for a reason, but it would have been better if like there would have been cameras in his house and that's the footage that they got or something like that. That would have made maybe more sense to me, but um, uh, Kenny Omega apparently has a nice house. I'm sure that was a rented house, but man, it seemed like that's his house. It's pretty, pretty fucking nice. Um, no, I thought the segment was good. I thought it did a good job of establishing the Bucks as baby faces, which I think they absolutely need to be. Um, I think Don Callis was great in it. I thought it was the best segment of the show by far. Ab- absolutely the best thing in the show. Um, and then they showed uh, the Bullet Club beating up uh, 
uh, Penta for five seconds and then the, now they're going to have a match. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I enjoyed that segment. It was very, very good. Um, the rest of the show, I, the Brody Jr. stuff I thought was, was okay. You know, obviously it was cool with the papers and, and him hitting, him hitting um, uh, Serpentico uh, in the head. Uh, with the cane so I thought that that was that was cool it was a nice moment and, you know that sort of stuff I don't mind but then also give me other good stuff uh, the private party match was fine um, that tag match at the end with um, the inner circle was fine I don't know if I would um, say fine I, I think that was sorry to interrupt you there but I mean I think that was one of the one, one of the major problems with that was the fact I think that 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 match was was rushed due to the fact that they you saw that everything was just going really fast at the end because of time. And as much as I like the idea of, you know, uh, Peter Avalon getting a chance to actually have a match on Dynamite, that match did not need, and I'm going to go with what you usually say, that match did not need to be nine minutes long. You take away, you know, six minutes out of that match and you have more time for that. You know, you can take yeah. out. I don't know. I think Tony Khan just loves these guys so much as professionals. He loves wrestling that I don't think, I think he feels like it's disrespectful to these guys to have squash matches. I almost, other than like, you know, the one guy who went against Moxley who was super green, you know, that's a little, even that match was three minutes. He should have done, he, he should have, he should have done the, the, the dirty deeds and, and, and one, two, three. But, you know, like, so I think Tony Khan respects these guys so much that he doesn't, and, and I respect, you know, uh, AW Dark's three hours every week. So I respect that, but you also have to like run a show that breathes a little bit and that makes sense. And everything is not happening every two seconds. Everything's happening so quickly um, that you, you nothing gets to breathe. No storyline gets to breathe. And, you know, and I think if AW doesn't take that next step, because, you know, we talked, I talked about this on Twitter and, and our, our friend of show, our college buddy, Brian Drake said, you know, AW and NXT are not comparable. Um, you know, I said, you know, on Twitter, a couple other places, to me, AW is kind of like the WWF in the, you know, in the eighties and where it's fast moving and, 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 and stuff like that and showmanship and stuff. And, uh, you know, NXT is like kind of like the NWA slower pace. I think for AW to ever take the next step other than having like a big angle or whatever, they need to slow down the pace. Our buddy said AW and NXT are not comparable because AW has all these former world champions, you know, Moxley, Jericho, guys like that. Whereas NXT doesn't, they're developmental. And that makes a lot of sense, right? They don't have a star like Jericho or Moxley. But if they want to get past the consistently having 1.5 million people, things like that. They have to show, slow the show down a little bit. Everyone doesn't need to be on the show. Pretty Peter Avalon, wasn't he the fucking librarian before? Like, it's fine. Like, he should not be having a nine minute match with Cody who you know has no chance to win. He has no chance to beat Cody. Why is the match nine minutes? Put that match on dark if you want it on dark. I mean, clearly we know AEW's formula. Moxley, Cody, Jericho, Bucks. 
We know who the stars are. And I think they do a good job of saying, we're going to give you these guys every week. And that's okay. You don't need to give them to us for nine, 10 minute segments. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's something that I hope they work on. I would love for them to figure it out, but it, it just, it's, it's, it just is brutal. So I, and I thought the show, I thought the show was fine. I thought it was okay. Um, I don't think it was a bad show by any means, but there were some segments that just were not great. I think without the Bucks segment, it might've been a below average show for them. Um, but I, I would say that helped make it a pretty decent, you know, a pretty decent show. And uh, before I forget, you could uh, check out Brian Drake on the Fantasy Football Hustle every week for uh, some of the best fantasy football advice during the regular season and postseason every at least Tuesday uh, on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And just like us, he's on YouTube where you can watch his lovely face, you know, weekly. And I'm sure we'll have him back on the podcast sometime during the offseason. Uh, Jay, the other major thing that was that came out today, and I don't know how major it is, but uh, the 61-year-old uh, big-time signing that AEW had, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Sting, Steve Borden, is going to have his first match in AEW. It's going to be at uh, Revolution. It's going to be a street fight with uh, Darby Allen going against Team Taz's um, Brian Cage and his tag team partner, one of your favorite wrestlers uh, out there, former um, Jesus, uh, and, uh, Jesus um, Power TV champion. Ricky Starks, I forgot. Yeah. And NWA. Ab- Absolute Ricky Starks. Thank you. I forgot. I was struggling there for to think of Ricky Starks' name. Um, I said on the uh, Facebook group, Wrestling Life. I said it on our Twitter at Workshoot Pod. I love Sting, but this if we're ever gonna have a cinematic match, this better be one because I do not want to see a guy with Stein, uh, 61 years old with stenosis wrestling. Jay, uh, I guess first of all, I know you did, you never wanted to see Sting wrestle again. But if it's going to be a street fight and hopefully a cinematic match, what's your thoughts? Does this sell tickets? Does this do anything for you personally and anything, I guess, maybe for the average fan? Oh, no, I do not want to see a 61-year-old man wrestle. Not in the day that we have. I don't. Yeah, I guess. I don't. They've already made. He comes out every week. Why do we need? He's out every week. Um, I don't know. I guess, I don't really care. Do I think, I guess the question is not do I care because who, who what is, I'm the marks of the marks, right? Are other people gonna care? And I think, yes, I think other people will care. Absolutely. Does Brian Drake, the average, the average fan, does he care? Maybe he'd be a good one. Um, it depends on how big of a Sting fan he was. And obviously we don't know that. If he was a big Sting fan, maybe. Um, if he wasn't, then then no. So yeah, I think there's a chance that they do, do more people buy this because he's on it. I think they would have been better off, you know, I mean, I think he needs to be off TV for a while to set this up. Um, but you know, here's the thing, right? We know that his soul, his shirt sold out uh, at Pro Wrestling Tees, the AW shop, right? And a lot of people were excited. So if they have somehow kept this momentum, 
then they will have they will you know be able to generate interest for him being on the pay-per-view. So it's absolutely possible that they'll do better because he's on the show. I don't suspect that they will really, but you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean I think it's a really interesting question to see what he does. Like I said, first couple of weeks he was on, you had ratings, and then fortunately you had uh, a lot of crazy shit going on in this country, the fault of uh, our former president, see ya. But, um, and then, you know, you had the inauguration. So ratings have been on the decline for many reasons. And that's AEW. a good, that, Corey, that's an excellent point though. The, you know, he, he sold a lot of shirts, right? Sold a lot of merch and they were doing okay in the ratings, but obviously with everything, with the, just everything with life and, and Trump and everything, you know, that took away maybe from the ratings, maybe he, he'll have more of an impact than we realize, you know? Or people are like, oh, we've seen him like eight times already and I'm, I'm over it now. We'll see. Yeah, you just wonder, is the average fan for the first time who didn't know Impact, you know, existed and, you know, enjoyed, you know, his WrestleMania match versus Triple H, you know, and maybe cared about his match against Seth Rollins and hasn't seen him basically in five years. They market it the right way within the cable companies. You know, can they get a, a buy rate for his first match with AEW, because, you know, maybe that works, but who knows? Uh, so, Jay, we covered a lot of interesting topics this week. Uh, it's usually the time where I take a deep breath and uh, drink another sip of water where you uh, do the heavy lifting and tell people how they can uh, follow us and uh, the, everyone else on the Life Group podcast. Yeah, we're very proud and uh, excited to continue to be on the Life Group podcast. Um, we are on Wrestling Life. So I used to be on there mostly as my name, Jason Brooks, but now... Uh, I am mostly do work shoot wrestling podcasts. So uh, if you hear, see me uh, put stuff on, on the group, that's what it is. Um, anyway, we are work shoot wrestling podcast. We are on um, Twitter at work shoot pod. We are also on Instagram at work shoot pod. Uh, you could Google us work shoot wrestling podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google play. Uh, and we're on wrestle life. So please check us out. Give us a chance. Give us a listen. Um, you know, if this is your first time, thank you for listening. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Um, Liz, a review on iTunes. If you get to listen on iTunes, give us five stars. That would be wonderful. Uh, we are um, a, a stable, uh, in a stable of where it's like the, not the four horsemen because there's five podcasts, but you know, whatever, figure it out. We're like the Bullet Club, there's a million members. All right. Anyway, uh, we're, we're part of the, the Life, Life Group podcast. We've got um, Dong City on Monday. We've got total bases on Sunday. So Sunday, start your day. You got total bases with Henry. We've got Dong City on Monday, another baseball uh, podcast. Uh, you got the Audible, the football podcast. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on with football and, um, you know, things like that. Where's the Sean Watson going to go? The Eagles got a new coach. It's crazy. I need to get on that show. Uh, you got the step back. Um, are they going to play another NBA game this year? Are all the games going to be canceled? Because it seems like an absolute shit show. And then, of course, you've got, uh, you've got us on Thursday, uh, Work to Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, so we appreciate everyone giving us a chance. And that's it. Thanks. Hey, James Harden looks like he lost a ton of weight in like a day. <laughs> he, he literally wanted to get my buddy put this in our group chat. He literally wanted to get traded to Brooklyn because the, the jerseys are more slimming black. <laughs> um, and of course we have our sister podcast uh, Jay I'm having a moment of 
Do you remember what the name of it is? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie with all the Jackies and Corey. Corey Jackie. Uh, it's a po- comedy podcast. It's a comedy podcast. Things are turning around um, with the inauguration and stuff, but our world is still a shit show, a fiery burning pit of shit right now. Um, and so it's nice to have a comedy podcast to lighten the mood. And that's what you don't know Jackie is. So please check that podcast out. It is wonderful. Uh, and this past uh, week, uh, I believe we just did the episode on uh, the nose uh, swabs, you know, for COVID testing. Uh, and uh, if you kiss with your eyes open, that was one of the subjects that was uh, spoken out of. Uh, if, that's a we- if that's weird, I don't kiss very often, so I don't know if I kiss with my eyes open or not. But uh, you could catch every week with uh, Jackie Endy, Jackie Rachel, and we, uh, last couple episodes, we had the return of Jackie Mello on and uh i guess i'll be returning to that podcast uh very soon and in the next couple of weeks we will be doing an episode on the david arquette documentary uh you can't kill david arquette i believe it's called i thought it was really good um jay maybe you'll get a chance to check it out in the coming years it's on uh it's on hulu i know you're not the biggest fan of david arquette well well, i'm already excited for um uh, dark side of the ring season three they're putting a lot of stuff out about that. I'm very, very excited about that. Yeah, uh, Brian Pillman will be uh, the first subject when they return. So that should be uh, really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we go, um, I am in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We are at a lake house. Very lucky that we, you know, financially I can afford to uh, run a lake house. Uh, wanted to get away with my wife for... Um, we're both working from home, but it'd be nice. It was nice to get out of Chicago, being 60 degree weather. So it's been really nice. Now I'm drinking my normal uh, hot butcher tavern cut, pretty good. But there's a brewery here in Hot Springs called Superior Bathhouse Brewery. And obviously, Hot Springs are known for the hot springs or whatever. Um, it's the first craft brewery located in a national park. And the brewery uses uh, the hot springs thermal spring water to make their beers. Now, Sharon and I have had a couple of these beers and they are really, really fantastic. Um, They're printing money at that place. Like it's it's always busy, the food's good too. So if you ever go to Hot Springs, Arkansas, if you're in Little Rock, I think Hot Springs is like an hour away, Superior Bathhouse Brewery, it is fantastic. And if they want to sponsor the podcast, I am more than happy to take their money and you know drink their beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we were originally going to talk, the last subject was going to be about the uh, idea of the AW women's division for the 400th time, but because uh, they're going to be doing a uh, tournament to find out the next challenge of Fashida. But uh, who, who are going to be these? Do we have the brackets? You, no. I know you like to put the bra- put the brackets up real quick. I want to see this embarrassment of riches. No, no brackets. There's no bracket. They don't have a bracket, right? No, so they said a thing that said uh, coming soon, and it was a thing of the United States flag and the Japanese flag. So we have no idea who's in it. And with COVID, we have no idea if any of these people are actually able to come back in the country and be part of it. We've got no idea what's what's going on in regards to uh, how this is all going to work. So, if, so, if- so, so they don't know how it's going to work, Corey. They are. They told us today 
at five o'clock that in a month from now, Sting is going to be wrestling in a match, right? A month, a month and change. They know Sting's going to be wrestling in a match a month and change. They have, they told us about the Bullet Club wrestling, uh, Death Triangle. They tell us about everything weeks ahead of time. There's going to be a tournament to determine a number one contender and they have, they're giving us no information. I feel like with the women's division court, they make shit up on the fly sometimes. Make it up on the fly. And I understand some of the stuff is beyond their control with Riho, the, you know, one of their biggest stars uh, still in Japan. I get that. But man, you've had so much time to figure out some women to build for this. And also, not for nothing, they can't put these matches on AEW Dynamite. Some of them they can. Some of them they absolutely can. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what this means. Women's World Championship Eliminated Tournament. <laughs> just ridic- ridiculous. All right, you can take that off. Who, you, you can put some of these matches on. You can't put some of these, these, these women on, a, on Dynamite. It, it'll, be, it'll be changed the channel to, to, to NXT. And they know that. And they what know about that. It? What about, if, what about if, if it's a combination of AW and Impact? You know, your Perrazzo's, your... I mean, Corey, can they do that? I mean, can they do that? They're going to totally overshadow. I mean, Anna Jay going against Jordan Grace? Come on. Well, Jordan Grace... And Jordan, Grace Jordan Grace just wrestled in a in a freaking a 30-man 30, 30 um, Ironman match. And she's wrestling Anna Jay, who's green as grass. I mean, it's going to make them... I, I think it's going to make these AEW women look terrible. It's going to make them look bad. Or... It's gonna make the impact women look bad because the matches are gonna be so sloppy. I, I, I don't know, I don't know. And it's gonna be Jr. doing his damnedest to hyped up and say, "Oh my God, this woman's match is so great!" It's like, Jr., come on, buddy. We've been watching it. It's not a good match. Um, so and and again, you're talking for, you're talking for, of a you're talking of a big proponent of women's wrestling. So I'm not like, oh, I don't like women's wrestling. It's, it's I I. I they have not got enough talent. And obviously NXT just got three women um, who are, who've been on the indie scene. I think one is newer, but two who, who, who have been on the indie scene for a long time. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I guess uh, I was, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I guess we kind of spoke about it for a second. Uh, but the last thing quickly before we get out of here uh, came out today. I don't know if this is just a, uh, to go and keep himself relevant, and maybe keep himself relevant isn't the right way to put it, but Tama Tonga on his uh, podcast, Tama, Tama Island, went and uh, commented once again on uh, the Bullet Club being part of AW and Impact, and he basically said to the effect, uh, ain't nobody giving a fuck about Impact. I got no problem with uh, WWE, no problem with Hunter, Vince McMahon, anybody, we're open for business. You come here uh, for me or my people um, talking about the BC and New Japan, let's do it. So uh, Jay, do you think uh, Tamatanga is just trying to get us off the scent that, you know, New Japan might be part of something with AEW? Cause you know, they've mentioned Kota Ibushi and the Bulls up in the past. Is he- uh, Tamatanga does a lot of stuff to get himself over. So this means nothing to me. To be honest with you, Tom Tonga has has buried the Bullet Club and the Elite, and they're writing their name. And listen, I love Tom Tonga. I think he 
here's the thing. And I, I love all the, the, the people on the chats and the, the Facebook groups. And there's another group I'm in. It's like a new Japan wrestling group. And the, they're all worked up and everybody. Guys, this is wrestling is a show. Absolutely. It is a show to entertain. At the end of the day, these guys don't hate it. Very few, especially now. I think in the 80s and 90s, I think there was some, you know, there was some of that stuff. And I feel like there's still some guys who may, may not love each other. Like, you know, like Biggie probably doesn't love Jackson Riker, right? But I think for the most part, like, these guys really like each other and care for each other and respect each other. And how many, you know, Adam Cole dates Britt Baker, right? Diamante um, dates Kiara Hogan. Um, you know, Zack Ryder is with Chelsea Green. Miro is with Lana. These companies are all interconnected. These people all know each other and are all interconnected. And so I think that all whole idea of like Tamatanga's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a shoot. You know what I mean? No, no. Now maybe he's maybe. He's like saying some of this, maybe he feels partly, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a work shoot. Maybe he feels part of it, but he knows like, this is going to get people talking. This is going to get people saying stuff. Obviously, you know, they try to do an angle with Tamatanga and Omega in the bullet club um, toward the end of Omega's run. I feel like, and the match didn't come out. Like I, like, I think, um, I, I think it was positioned that Tamatanga eventually become like a star, but that didn't really work out. And then, you know, Jay White became the guy, but, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Tamatanga is just working everybody, and he should. And it's a show. Wrestling is supposed to be entertainment, and that's what it is. So, good for him, man. He's getting people to talk about him, and and you know, the Bullet Club since 2013, boy, they are all over NXT. They're all over WWE. They're all over AEW. They're all over Impact. They just they're they're too sweet. They're too sweet. <laughs> they're too sweet. I mean, uh, one of the reasons why I brought it up was because a uh, Jacob Anthony uh, Moses, who's co-host of The Step Back, he, uh, when I put this up, he wrote, uh, please let this happen. So, I mean, there's some interest and in, I guess the idea of uh, maybe the Bullet Club in uh, WWE, you know, because, you know, you have Balor, you have AJ, you got, you know, uh, Adam Cole and, you know, competition with all these people working together, I guess, is brings the idea of, you know, maybe wrestling getting better with, you know, these groups working together. So I think I agree with you. I mean, I think this is just Tom Tonga once again trying to make sure he gets his name out there. And I think if Tom Tonga wanted to go to WWE, he had opportunities in the past and he decided to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling where he feels comfortable. And I know it's slightly different. The two of them working together is different than him going back to the U.S. and working, you know, whatever schedule they have. And I know things are differently because of COVID and everything. But I mean, I think that there, this is more of him just keeping the bullet club name and because he's always been the guy who's a lot of times forgotten about because you know it was the three the three founding members of the bullet club were finn balor uh machine gun carl anderson and tom Tonga. and most people when you think about it if you ask people who the founding members are it's gonna be machine gun and finn balor you know most people forget that tom Tonga really had much to do with if you, you know with the formation of the bullet club and i think this is just like his baby as well and I think it always like puts his ire up a little bit when people talk about Bull Club and they don't really like mention him as a major part. I, I think it's a work. I oh no, absolutely. I think it works. I, I think it's I think it's all work. And I think, listen, the thing that is real is the idea of New Japan maybe working with AEW at some point. I think that's possible. 
And if it is, you have a natural, I think a, I think you have a match that could main event a pay-per-view. Tamatanga from the Bullet Club, he can talk his way out of a freaking paper bag. And listen, I, I love Eddie Kingston. But if you could have Eddie Kingston main event a pay-per-view, you sure as shit can have Tama fucking Tonga main event a pay-per-view. And then you got him against Omega in a blood feud and people are going to be going ape shit. And they've, and they've built that, right? Tama Tonga's just put that over in the last couple of weeks. So if that ever comes up. So it's those like natural little things that, that, that I, I love about wrestling. That's the biggest thing about the FTR Bucks feud is they, they planted so many seeds and it just, they never, they never, they've never finished with it. So, you know, we'll see, but I, I love this stuff in wrestling. This is what you love. You have to love about wrestling, social media. Now, sometimes it's not good, but most of the time it's these guys fucking with each other and it gets us all up in arms about it. And they're all laughing in the background. So, you know, counting their money. So yeah, hey, selling more shirts on pro wrestling tees and going, yeah, both clubs could be the biggest thing for as long as they can. And the last thing on before we call it a day, we all know that, you know, Rocky Romero is an agent for New Japan. And once the pandemic is over, Gallows and Anderson are going back to New Japan. So unless that, you know, there's major problems between Tom Tonga and, you know, Anderson and Gallows, they're going to work together anyway once they go back there. So this, like you said, this is all the work. Just get more interest in New Japan, more interest in AEW. More interest in Impact, more interest in WWE, more interest in the business as a whole, which is not a bad thing. As long as, you know, people care, people are buying subscriptions to all these things, the people are subscribing to our, you know, our podcast and the Wrestling Life Group, wrestling's good. And uh, interest is a good thing. As long as, you know, people are fair and tolerant with people, that's all we can hope for. I agree. And uh, I guess, you know, just because we said at the beginning, Jay, just for uh, shits and giggles, Who's, uh, who's winning the NFC uh, championship game on Sunday? Oh, I'm, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into that. I hope we do. We're favorites. It doesn't mean anything. We will, we will see what happens when it happens. So um, I'll have my phone turned off for three and a half hours. Um, and then hopefully, you know, um, hopefully things will, will be good. So well, we, we will good, see. Well, well, good luck on Sunday to the Packers. Hopefully they do it for the uh, late Ted Thompson, like we mentioned earlier. And uh, for everyone out there over the last year who has been struggling with this COVID virus, hopefully things are turning around as we enter, you know, year two of the U.S. knowing about this virus officially. Uh, Jay, as always, didn't wish it wasn't on such a somber note, as I just said, but uh, final word is yours. I think we're done here. See you. <laughs>